Great to have your company this Friday morning, Julian King and Summer Mornings. Now, Dan, I did say get to your text after 11, 10 o'clock in Queensland. Top five Oz men's batters I've seen. You started watching cricket 93-94 against the Windies. Ponting, Smith, Clark, Hussey, Hayden. Decent list. And then in the women's Ladding, Perry, Healy, Blackwell and Rachel Haynes. Great list. Fantastic list. I'd probably have Beth Mooney in that list somewhere. Oh, it's a tough one, though. It's a tough one. Six or one and a half a dozen. Isn't that right, Dan? Thank you for your text, 0457 736 736. Well, Daniel Garb is everywhere, man. He loves his football. He loves his West Coast Eagles, which means he's going to be an apologist for Optus Stadium, dare I say. And he's filling in for Jimmy all next week on Afternoons. He's on the line right now. Hello, Garby. Hello, Jules. 12,000 isn't bad for a Thursday against Pakistan, is it? Hey, 16, please, 16. 16, was it? Oh, even better. It was. It was. It's like, you know, when you play cricket and you, and you get 26 and they go, you get 30-odd. You just sort of just nudge it up, don't you? You, you round it up. <laughs> you round it I up. I mean, if uh, that was being held at the Wacker ground, the place would look three-quarters full, so... It would, yeah. I'm not sure that, yeah, but then people complain about the, the dilapidated facilities there at the Wacker ground as, as well. Gideon Haig once described Optus Stadium for cricket anyway as um, having the atmosphere an aircraft hangar. It's a bit nicer, isn't it, when it's packed out for an Eagles game? Yeah. I think that's the biggest issue there. You know, a lot of people point to the, um, the Justin Langer sacking as uh, the reason for the disconnect between Cricket Australia and the West Aussie fans. I'm not sure it's about that. I, I just think it's more the transition from the Wacker. I think West Aussies, they felt really connected to the Wacker. That was their mm. cricket ground. They loved going down there. And uh, Optus is an unbelievable stadium. For mine, the only thing that beats it for a stadium in Australia is a packed MCG. But it doesn't have that same feeling and warmth when it comes to a day of test cricket for the average cricket fan out west. So I reckon that's the main reason, to be honest. Did you like Davies' innings yesterday? 164? Silenced a few critics, didn't oh, he? brilliant. Yeah. It was brilliant. I did find it a little bit humorous, though, that he said he, um, he's not bothered about the media criticism, but then when he brought up three figures... Did the shill sure shill. Sure. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's you right. You weren't bothered. Why would you give the shill? Sure yeah. And I, I liked it, to be honest. I, I thought it was great, a bit of theatre, but, you know, just admit that. Yeah, you didn't rate it and you wanted to give it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see that a lot, don't you, with sports stars, particularly in, in your sport, football. You know, score a goal. There's, there's a way to silence the crowd. Champions League group stage, Garby, wrapped up yesterday. Uh, Newcastle, Man United, uh, both finished bottom in their groups. They drop out of Europe completely. And we've got this new format, don't we, to the group stage next year. The comp expands to 36 teams. Are, are you a fan of this change? Not really. I think... Mm. You know, the Champions League back in the day used to be for just the league winners. You know, and you had to win your league to make the European Cup. The expansion of it has been great. You know, it's not just the champions now. You're top four or top three in some leagues and and so on. And we've got group stages and it's wonderful and it's added a whole new dimension to world football. But why extend it beyond that? We've got the Europa League. We've got the Europa Conference League. Now we want to change it up even more? Like, come on, there's got to be a limit to how much broadcast money you're trying to make in UEFA. You know, just leave it as it is. It does not need to be expanded. You've got the Europa League and Europa Conference League there, and and they're growing all the time. You know, the World Cup expansion, you know, I'm not a fan of it because I think it dilutes qualifying. But once the tournament starts, it's okay. We'll get used to it. More teams will get exposed to the top-class football. They get their time in the sun, and that's okay. But uh, I don't think it's necessary for Europe, European competition. 
Real Madrid went through their group undefeated, as did Bayern Munich, and of course Man City. You know, Man City, can they go back to back with the treble? They're four behind your beloved Liverpool at the moment. They've dropped a few more games than ordinarily they would have. It's just, I was fascinated by highly successful teams, you know, how much mental fatigue there is from season to season. Yeah, it's definitely an issue, but I think what they do so well is they rotate their players for three quarters of the season, and by the time the final ten games of the campaign rolls around in the league, they're fresh. And it's happened so many times with City. We sit there at this stage of the year and we've gone geez, they've rotated too much. Why would you mess with your back four? Why would you give this attacking player a rest now? You know, you're upsetting the rhythm. You know, they're five, six points off the pace. Not going to happen for them. And then it gets to the final 10 weeks. You saw it last season against Arsenal. It was like an 800-metre race, and they just left the gunners at the 650 mark and blitzed past them. Because they're just mentally and physically fresher because they've been able to rotate. Now, this season could be a little bit different in the Premier League because Arsenal have been through it. They've had that run. They know what it's all about. The Premier League title race is a marathon and you've got to be up for it mentally for that final two months or so. And Liverpool, a large portion of the squad, even though they've turned over their midfield, have been through it before. The manager certainly has. So they'll be well-conditioned. I think it could be a lot tighter this time around, and let's not write off Aston Villa either, and let's not write off Newcastle yeah. United going in the big run, and we're never going to write off Ange Postecoglou, of course. So it could be mm. interesting, but I do think it's a three-horse title race: City, Arsenal, and Liverpool. And City will come good in the final two, three months of the season. They always do because their players are just a little bit fresher. Speaking of your Liverpool, uh, went down this morning. Uh, still go through though from the Europa League group, as do West Ham. Yeah, and that's not a big issue for Liverpool. They were through already. Um, West Ham and Brighton have both topped their groups and Rangers, which is uh, is great to see. They had a big win 3-2 away to Real Betis. So they move through. And, uh, yeah, the hope that the English teams, they usually do well in the Europa League, will be able to challenge uh, once more. And that's exciting. But for Liverpool, of course, they, they played the kids because they're setting up for a home game against Manchester United in the early hours of Monday morning our time. And it's still the biggest game in English football. There's no bigger rivalry. And uh, United fans are fearful because they got absolutely thumped a record margin in the fixture 7-0 at Anfield last season. And they're in a worse Thank place you. this time around. So they are, Thank you. as you know, Jules. Thank you. Yeah, you're scared. I can understand the fear that Manchester United fans oh. are feeling right now. You know what? Even though City game, I'd fear. So that was, what, 3-0, I think. And then they actually were reasonable against Chelsea. And then I don't know what happened a, a week later against... No, it was a Bournemouth. But anyway, the less said, the better. Uh, breaking news this morning. Garby Scans confirmed Matthew Leckie set to miss the next four to six weeks with a hamstring injury. Uh, Matthew Ryan with the injury as well. We've got the Fawn Rowley form... Um, some, well, I don't know if they're headaches, but um, some problems to solve for Ange and the Socceroos ahead of the Asia Cup. Yeah, a big issue for Arnie. Um, I think Matt Ryan will be okay. I think as a goalkeeper, the fractured cheekbone, it was sort of a, a three to four week wait. You know, if it means he misses the first game against India, so be it. He goes. That's not a drama. You know, if he has to wear a, a face mask, he'll manage. I think Matt Ryan, you can you can lock away without too much of an issue. Matt Leckie is a concern. So four to six weeks, 32 years of age. He's had some injury concerns lately. Yeah, I think Arnie's going to have to ponder whether he takes him and saves him for the knockout stages or not. And that's always a tricky one for a manager. I think he takes him. 
and hopes that his experience, we all remember what he did this time last year, scoring that wonderful goal against Denmark in the group stages of the World Cup to get us through, you know, that's going to be in, in Arnie's mind as well. So I think Lecky goes, but yeah, it's definitely a concern. Might be a blessing in disguise in terms of getting a youngster promoted to the team to play on the wing, someone like a Sammy Silvera, who's been doing well for Middlesbrough, um, to maybe start for the Socceroos in a, a big game at an Asian Cup, and then you save Lecky for the knockout stages. But it's not ideal to have a player of his importance out for four to six weeks. A couple of quick tips off you before we let you go. Garby, A-leg action tonight, Brisbane Raw and Western United at Amy Park. Massive game. The Aloisi brothers go head-to-head for the first time they ever. They do. One, yeah, yeah. One, one's having a better fist of it this year than the other, of course. <laughs> exactly. So... Ross has got the Brisbane Raw flying and Johnny's in a, a lot of trouble at Western United. They've lost six in a row and they got hammered against the Central Coast Mariners last week. I think there'll be a response from Western United. I, I've got the feeling that that defeat was so bad that uh, the players will lift for Johnny. So I'm going to go the upset based on form and, uh, and tip Western United in that one. And the Wanderers almost pulled off a comeback last week against a victory. They take on Adelaide. I think they'll be too good for Adelaide. Uh, Adelaide have got some problems at the moment. They don't seem to be clicking. Carl Bitt's not happy at all with the way his team is travelling. Nestor and Kunda was in tears after being substituted last week. So his confidence, you know, where's it at? Wanderers look strong. And uh, I think they'll just be too stable all across the park. I'll sit Western Sydney at home. I think they're a, a serious title contender. And then tomorrow morning, 7am, Tottenham and Notts Forest at City Ground. Yeah, big game for Ange and, uh, and for Spurs, of course. And uh, you know, the way in which they played against Newcastle United, you know, you'd back them. So Nottingham Forest are going nicely, though. They're in a, a decent spot. It won't be easy, but uh, it will back Tottenham in that one. Great to catch up, Garby. We'll hear you filling in for Jimmy next week and on the global game as well. Take care. Looking forward to it. Thanks, mate.